we now advance a step further in our inquiry and ask, what do we know about a plurality of persons in the Godhead from the Bible? We came to the study of the Bible with the concept firmly in mind that there was a God and that he was great in power, in intellectual ability, as well as in goodness and kindness. God was everywhere manifested and therefore everywhere present. There are abundant evidences of perfect constancy with indications of great antiquity. Therefore, the idea of eternity came into our minds. The Bible, however, advanced us into a new thought. God is a personal existence, not a collection of forces or entities. He could be reasoned with as a great person. He was affected in his great being by what we did. He is capable of happiness and disappointment. As a result of thought and consideration, he makes decisions and carries forth his will. All the attributes of personality that we know of are revealed as taking place in the divine being. And why not? We were created in the image of God. We therefore bear his likeness and therefore have the equipment to understand something of his great operations and personality. We now advance still further in our knowledge of God. As we consider the revelations of the Bible, our wonderful guidebook on the personal nature of God, we are informed that there is a plural concept attached to the idea of God's great being. There are distinctions in God, a composite of beings who are acting together in perfect unity. There is a threefold reference to God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We read, for example, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Here, therefore, we have the threefold designation in reference to God, one Spirit, one Lord, one God and Father. This great discovery is purely a matter of divine revelation. We could by no process of reasoning come to this opinion ourselves. Knowing the doctrine, we can see evidences of its reasonableness, but would never conclude that there are three persons in the Godhead unless God would have taken pains to impart this great knowledge from the eternal world. Having been informed of this great fact, on the other hand, we are not to expect to fully comprehend all that is involved. The great apostle Paul had not only one of the most penetrating intellects of his day, but was the subject of perhaps the most outstanding revelations that God had ever made to anyone concerning his deep secrets. He wrote 13 and probably one more of the New Testament epistles and said that he had heard uh, unspeakable words 
which it is not lawful for man to utter. Yet he wrote, How we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. We need not be disturbed, therefore, if we cannot fully comprehend the revealed nature of the Godhead. There is beyond question a trinity of personalities composing the great Godhead. This is the revelation of the only source book we have pertaining to the great divine wonders, the Bible. The word trinity is from the Latin, meaning threefold. It is not used as such in the Bible, but has been accepted by the Church of Christ from great antiquity. References having been found dating back to the second century. The great Athanasian Creed, which issued from the discussions of the early church councils, expressed it thus, We worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor separating the substance. Let us look at some of the biblical evidence of this great and tremendous doctrine. First of all, we turn to the Old Testament. While the Old Testament emphasizes primarily the unity of God as distinguished from the belief in many gods, as was the case with the multitude of nations surrounding the nation of Israel, there are clear indications of a plurality of persons in the Godhead and some references that point to this plurality as a trinity. For example, we turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the first verse of the Bible, and there we come into a interesting structure. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, we read. Now this name for God, Elohim, in the Hebrew, is in the plural, while the verb created is in the singular. Here, therefore, is the concept of a plurality of persons in the Godhead. Likewise, in verse 26 of the first chapter of Genesis, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and so forth. Here is the same plural word for God. And also notice the plural pronoun, us, indicating a plurality in the being of the Godhead. In chapter 3 and verse 22, we read these words, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil, and so forth. Here, then, is an equal structure, a plural reference to God. This is God speaking to God in this text. And carry on this conversation, as is further recorded in these passages. In the 11th chapter of Genesis, verses 6 and 7, we have a development of sin that caused a great concern in the Godhead. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Here we have the verb go to, or rather come, 
as a plural structure. It must be addressed to at least two others one has called our attention to. In the 48th chapter of Genesis, we have the name for God, Elohim, in the plural, and a verb in the singular. So we read from verses 15 and 16. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, and so forth. And as we go to Isaiah chapter 6, where the prophet had that wonderful vision of the greatness of God, and as he was duly humbled in the presence of this great and tremendous vision, we have in verse 8 this invitation. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Here we have the plural pronoun again. Other scriptural statements from the Old Testament also clearly indicate a plurality in the Godhead. For example, Genesis 1-2. As we read in verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Here the Spirit of God is distinguished from the plural name Elohim, referring to God. In the sixth chapter of Genesis, and verse 3, when sin had developed so that Noah's call was soon coming forth, preparatory to the great flood. We read in verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. So here we have the uh, name for Lord and the reference to my spirit, indicating a plurality. Jehovah is therefore distinguished from my spirit. In the 19th chapter of Genesis, here we have Jehovah distinguished from Jehovah, indicating a plurality in the Godhead. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. In the 51st Psalm, the psalmist in his great penitence after his sin is calling upon God in great pathos and beseeching God not to deal with him according to his ways. And so we read in the 51st Psalm and verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So here there is a reference to a member of the Godhead, and then also an additional reference to the Spirit. In the second Psalm, we have that great declaration concerning the coming the Son of God. In verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my Son. This day have I begotten thee. This is a clear indication of what we read in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 18 in the New Testament, where we have the reference to the only begotten Son of God. There are other indications of the Trinity. For example, in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, this great vision, there is uh, repeated three times the word holy, 
holy, holy, which is suggestive of the Trinity. In Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, we have the Aaronic benediction, which has a threefold designation. And in Isaiah 63 and verse 10, after speaking of the rebellion of the nation Israel, we read, But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. He will have the distinction of the pronouns from the Holy Spirit, indicating a plurality in the Godhead. Thus, as we come to the Old Testament, we see indications of the glorious manifestation of the fact of the Trinity in the Godhead. As we come to the New Testament, we will see a clearer representation of these profound things. May we pray. Heavenly Father, how we thank Thee for the profoundness of Thy revelation, that Thou art so good and so kind, that Thou dost want to enlighten us as to many profound details of Thy existence which we could never know. So we thank Thee for these evidences of Thy kindness and Thy love, and may many be moved by this kindness and come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, so thou canst afford to extend mercy and forgiveness to them. In Jesus' name, our Savior. Amen.